answer me? Second, or will he answer Jesus first? He looks at me through Christ. Praise the Lord. It's indeed a great day to be alive. My name is Yang Okutiang. Thank you for letting me come into your space. Wherever you are, so thankful for today for what the Lord has done for us. I'm so glad that trust uh, you've been blessed by the messages that we've been sharing. And uh, of course, thank you for sharing with others. We'd love to hear from you. And special thanks to those who've been uh, getting back to us, letting me know how they've been blessed by our messages and what has been going on in their lives. You see, the Word of God has been sent to us to be fruitful. And of course, we also learn not just by word, but also with the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit is what helps us to make, you know, progress, to be fruitful. Hallelujah. Let's look to the Lord in prayer today. Father, in the name of Jesus, as Father, as we, as we delve into this series that we're going to be looking at, I trust you, Lord Father, that you will bring understanding, open the eyes of your people to see truth that will set them free and in turn help others. Thank you, Lord, for granting us revelation and helping us to be fruitful and to bring glory to your name in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So thank you once again for letting me come into your space. And uh, like I said, it's, in, it's indeed a great day to be alive. And I trust that you are taking time as well to share how you've been blessed. You see, one of the greatest ways of keeping what the Lord has, is doing with you or has done with you is to share with others. And so today we're going to be looking at something that concerns everybody. And we're going to be looking here at our supernatural wireless connection. In other words, prayer is a supernatural wireless connection. The wireless or supernatural wireless connection of prayer. That's what we're going to be looking at. You know, prayer has to do with everybody. Uh, you know, uh, some years ago, there was uh, some research done amongst ministers now and to find out how long they spent praying. And the results were not encouraging because the average time, you know, ministers were found to pray in North America, this was done years ago now, was five minutes. Well, I want to say, no matter who you are, you cannot get by with five minutes of prayer. Well, what God says for us to, you know, watch and pray and all of that. And let me begin by having us turn here to our text, which is Luke 18 from verse 1. Luke 18 from verse 1. Reading here, first of all, from the New King James, says, Then he spoke a parable. This is the Lord Jesus now. Spoke a parable to them that men always ought. Now that's a strong word, ought. To pray and not to lose heart. Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Now I'm also going to be reading here from the uh, CEV, which is the common English uh, version. It says, Jesus told, his disciple a story, uh, Jesus told his disciples a story about how they should pray or they should keep on praying and never give up. In other words, to keep on praying and never give up. The NLT, the NLT has it this way. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. You see, right? That we keep seeing, pray and never give up. Now, the classic amplified has it this way. Also, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought, ought is a very strong word, ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, or give up. So we can see there were 
enjoined by the word of God here, instructed by the word of God, never to give up praying, to be persistent in praying. Hallelujah. And so prayer is a supernatural divine connection with God. You know, we're talking about wireless technology today. God already had wireless technology before man. In fact, even GPS today, God already had GPS a long time ago. Hallelujah. You know, that's how we're led by the Spirit. Supernatural, you know, connection, GPS. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at prayer. You know, prayer is connecting with God. It's doing business with God. Prayer is our needs, you know, crying out to God. But that's not all that prayer is. Prayer is maintaining fellowship with God. Prayer is moving the hand of God that moves the world. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to be here going through a few scriptures here, you know, and uh, let me point out, there is prayer in the Old Testament and prayer in the New Testament. Uh, The prayers in the Old Testament that are similar to prayer in the New Testament, but there are aspects of it that are different. For one, in the New Testament today, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. That's how prayer is to be done. Hallelujah. But I'm going to uh, dive, delve in, and I trust you, get your Bible, make sure you get a pen and paper, and let's delve into a number of things that we're going to be seeing where prayer is concerned today. Now, Jesus in Matthew 6, I want to come here to Matthew 6. I mean, he pointed out some very important things. Right here in Matthew 6, we see quite some interesting things here. In verse 2, he says, Therefore, when you do your do a charitable, charitable deed. So that was when you give. So there's such a thing as, you know, we should be giving. So it's not if you give, it's when you give. So giving should be a part of our lives. And then let me jump here to verse 16. Verse 16 says, moreover, when you fast. So it's not if you fast, there should be a time we as believers fast. Hallelujah. Of course, fasting in the Old Testament it has is different today from the way we do it in the New Testament. There's a little different, uh, uh, a little some difference there. Now let's come here, right here to verse five. You see, in verse five, once again, when you pray, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. You know, was that they love to pray standing in the synagogues and the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So we're not praying to be seen by people. And once again, it says that when you pray, not if you pray. So prayer is a, is a way we have fellowship with God on a consistent basis. If your prayer of life is suffering, is lacking, then your fellowship with God is not good. It's clear to be able to say that. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to turn now and look at the Lord Jesus. You know, something about the Lord Jesus here, which I want to draw attention to, and uh, right here in Mark chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 35. Mark chapter 1, talking about the Lord Jesus. Uh, in fact, you see here in um, verse 35, Now in the morning, having risen a long while, or a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Think about that. Jesus, it was his habit, it was his lifestyle, and he wake, when he would wake up, he wake up a great long while before daylight and go to pray, to have fellowship with his father. Think about it. And this is Jesus, who had a limitless supply of, anointing, of the anointing 
more than what anybody has or could ever have. Jesus had the unlimited supply of anointing, unlimited supply of the Spirit, yet he prayed. It was his lifestyle, praying. And we're told here, the way he did it, he would get up a long while before daylight and then go pray. Hallelujah. Now, if Jesus, who had a limitless supply of the anointing, needed to pray, how much more you and I today, who have a limited anointing and limited or finite supply of the Spirit? Yes, the body of Christ has, as a whole, has the limitless supply of the Spirit, but individually, we have a finite supply of the Spirit. Nobody could have on them or with them today the limitless supply of the Spirit. I know some people think they have. No. In other words, what are we saying? The anointing on Jesus could not be increased. Hallelujah. Even as limitless as the anointing he had was, he still prayed. I want you to think about that and let that just sink in. You see, Jesus made a statement and says, my house shall be a house of prayer. Well, what is this house today? The church. We should be known by our prayer life. Our prayer is getting results. We are not just praying for praying's sake. We should be praying and getting results. Praying and establishing the will of God right here on this planet, on earth right here. You know, ever since Jesus ascended, he's been in the ministry of intercession. So from Jesus to the Father is a limitless request on behalf of this of his body for the work that we have down here and from the father to jesus are limitless answers but guess what the answers are not needed in heaven we need to bring those answers down here into this here and now into this world into this realm praise the name of the lord isn't that something i dare say brother where you are today in your work, somebody probably most likely prayed for you to get saved. Somebody, even after you got saved, had to sustain you in prayer. And then, yeah, there's some people you can walk up to them and, you know, share the gospel with them and they'll receive the word. But there's some people that will not just receive the word like that. Because the, 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 the bondage of the enemy and, and the things of the enemy are so strong on them, somebody will need to intercede for them and get them and break the bondage of the enemy over their lives. My wife, for instance, you know, when she got born again, she just picked up a material and just read. And at the end of it, there was uh, a prayer about getting saved. And she just prayed that prayer, nothing dramatic. And she knew from then on, she was born again. No goosebump feelings or anything like that. Well, thank God for that. But there's some other people, my goodness, they've been steeped in so much work of darkness and... Uh, so much, the enemy has such a hold on them and somebody needs to intercede for them and break that bondage of the enemy over their lives. In fact, right here in Galatians 4, if you go with me here to Galatians 4, look at what Paul said here in Galatians 4 concerning the, concerning the Galatians. Right here, Paul says, My little children, for whom I labored or travailed in birth. See, that word travail there, it implies praying for whom I travel in bed because he didn't he didn't labor for them physically. We're not talking about physical labor here. This is spiritual labor. Said my little children of whom I traveled in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So Paul had to labor in prayer 
for this people to be born, for this church to be established, now that they're born again and as a church, he's now also praying for them to be grounded in Christ. So you see why the church has to be a house of prayer? Because people should be getting born again continuously and people should be established even after they got born again. So the job doesn't just end there once people are born again. Somebody needs to pray and sustain them and carry them in that place of prayer till Christ is formed in them. When Christ is formed in them, they will in turn go out and be reaching others for Christ. They know who they are in Christ Jesus and can begin to do the work of the ministry, the work of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? In that same vein, if we come here to Colossians, Colossians. I want us to see this, uh, uh, where Colossians is concerned. In fact, maybe before we go to Colossians, let, let me come here. We'll, we'll go to Colossians later on. But let's come here in Luke 5. Still on the Lord Jesus Christ here. Luke 5. Let's come here to verse 15. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ here. We're told here, you know, Jesus has just finished performing, you know, healing this leper. You know, he's finished what we know, preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And then as he was descending the mountain, this leper meets him and he heals the leper. After a successful meeting like that, look at what Jesus does here. Verse 15. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. Great multitudes came together to hear him and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself, look at that, after a successful meeting and all that, he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Listen now. He often will remove himself from the midst of people and go and pray to have fellowship with the Father. This is Jesus. Can we see something? See, there's just something I want you to notice about Jesus here. We see him praying and praying and praying so much. When you go through the Bible, for example, in Luke chapter 11, the disciples did not come to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us how to do miracles or teach us how to preach and teach. Oh, teach us how to cast out devils. But you hear them saying, Lord, teach us to pray. It sounds like they were able to make the connection between the success of his ministry, the things he did, how effective he was. They were able to make that connection to prayer. Now, if Jesus had to pray, once again, how much more you and I have to pray? Hallelujah. Now let's get here to Luke 6. Follow me here, Luke 6. I'm going to begin reading here from verse 12. Now it came to pass, this is, very, this is interesting here, it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. You see? Continued all night in prayer to God. Now let me say something here. You know, when I gave my life to Christ, um, you know, all I knew to pray was just pray from my mind, my understanding. That's all I knew. And uh, in fact, I remember um, my the church my wife grew up in. Her wife and her so her wife and my wife and, and her friend grew up in this church back in Ibadan, in uh, in Nigeria. And uh, a number of people, you know, it was it was in that time where people were getting born again. A number, a number of people from campus were getting born again and coming to those churches and begin, literally taking over those churches and getting them radi- radicalized uh, by the power of the Holy Ghost. And uh, 
here was this, uh, the father of her friend was right there uh, in, in, uh, in the church where they grew up. And this man, a dear man, an architect who loved God and uh, had been in the church for a long time, maybe probably one of the foundational members of the church, I don't know. And uh, as they were praying, you know, when, when uh, in fact, I, I, they also got a hold of the, of the uh, Vika, it was an Anglican church right there in, in Bodhija, uh, uh, also whose church it was. And uh, this we were praying. And so during the time of prayer, they were told, you know, let's pray. And of course, you know, as believers, just we were born again now and filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm talking about the people who had been moved by God and, and in this revival, attending this church, and they were praying in tongues, they were praying and all that. And here was uh, this father of my friend, <laughs> and then uh, who happened to be Kemi, who's both a mutual friend of myself and my wife. And her father was there, and I remember uh, the father was told, he said this, he said, what, what's going on in this church? Because he'd been, you know, a traditional person in an Anglican church. Uh, what's going on? What's going on? And he says, and he said to him, you know, uh, he said, uh, concerning the way they were praying, that the way they were praying was disturbing him. And he said, what's the matter? He said, well, while I'm still trying to, you know, gather my thoughts, <laughs> and I found that to be interesting, these people are busting out praying. And the man, for some reason, thought, you know, these people have come to this church. Many of them met me right here in this church. I'm not going to leave. Well, to God be the glory, I remember I, I, I was speaking with a man when I was 75, uh, visiting his daughter in uh, Lansing, Michigan, and he was telling me how he actually had been born again and how he was he had now embraced the things of God and attending a Bible, uh, 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 Bible study on a regular basis and what God had done for him in his life. Isn't that something? Now, the point I'm trying to make is, see, for us to be able to pray like Jesus prayed, notice that Jesus prayed all night when I gave my life to Christ. There's no way I could have prayed all night. <laughs> I just couldn't. It would have been so labor laborious and tortuous and no life. In fact, I remember at that point in time when I would, in fact, the way I got filled with the Holy Ghost was this. I remember I had something I shared with a dear brother, uh, uh, a need I had, you know, to pray. I shared with him a need I had, and he said, well, let's get together. This was back on campus. Let's get together and pray. And so we got together to pray. And while we were uh I told him everything. I was so passionate and I was so glad that he was ready to come to get, come along with me to pray. And as we started praying, I was praying my understanding. And shortly, he also began praying in his understanding. And shortly after that, he started praying in tongues. And I thought, my goodness, I don't know how to pray in tongues. But however, I had the desire to know how to pray in tongues. And I knew he was praying in tongues because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was my desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. After I prayed in English and I got to the end of what I could pray, and I prayed again, and I knew the way this brother was going, he was going to be praying a long time. And it would have been a shame, I who invited him to pray concerning the situation for me, and if he was going to pray long like that, and, you know, in less than about four or five minutes, I was done praying. Right there, I said to the Lord, Lord, I know I need to pray, but I cannot pray because in tongues, like my brother is praying, Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And the moment I was saying, fill me with the Holy Spirit, I said, Lord, now, I thank you, Lord. I knew by faith. I was going to receive it by faith. Thank you, Lord, for filling me with the Holy Spirit. And I proceeded, you know, just to move my mouth and add my voice to it. And I began praying in tongues. That's just the way I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus prayed all night. There's just no way you, 
I don't know of anybody who could pray all night without being filled with the Holy Spirit and pray effectively. If people are not filled with the Holy Spirit, what they will end up doing is doing what Jesus told us not to do in Matthew chapter 6. They will go repeating themselves, vain repetitions again and again and all of that, and then their prayers will end up with no life. Hallelujah. Once again, the point I'm making here, listen now, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom also he named disciples. Do you see something here? Even Jesus, before making major a major decision, you find him taking time out to pray. That's something you should do. Every one of us should do. Have a major decision. Well, you are praying God, praying to God, believing God for his power. Say, maybe that's you. And I believe there's somebody listening to me. That's where you are. Well, don't just make up your mind off of the top of your head. Go take time. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And you may do it over a few days. And as you do it, Believe me, and as you flow, because praying in tongues is praying in the Spirit. When you begin to flow in the Holy Spirit in that vein, the desire of God will be impressed upon your heart. It may be concerning a job, or where you're supposed to be moved, where you should move to, or concerning a child, or maybe a, a, a prodigal, whatever the situation is. If it's a major thing in your life, I will strongly advise you, make out time and pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't just make up your mind or uh, uh, make a major decision off of the top of your head from what you know from your mind. Don't forget, we live right here in a, in a spirit world. Yes, we're physical beings, but we also live in the spirit world. There's the devil who is here who hates you. But thank God, as children of God, we're connected with God. And we have the greater one on the inside of us who is who is there to make us a champion? Who, you know, and the beautiful thing about when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we pray, pray about things we don't know. Things, because when you're praying in your, in your understanding, you're limited to praying what you know. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you can pray about your future, shape things in the future before you get there. You can pray about things even in the natural that you don't even know anything about. You can pray effect changes in those things. Pray about people. And besides, it's praying God's perfect will. Hallelujah. Dear friend, prayer is supernatural connection with God. I remember A.W. Kenyon made a statement and said, every failure is a prayer failure. Hallelujah. And we, God did not make us failures. He wants us to be good and grand successes. God has provided a supernatural means of communication with him. And this is a supernatural wireless connection of prayer. It's available to every one of us. You should tap into it. Every one of us should be able to tap into it and reap the benefits. Dear friend, my goodness, time has slipped away from me. In this first installment, make sure you don't miss this. Listen to this message again and again and share with others. I'd love to get to hear from you. Oh my goodness, it's a really, really a great day to be alive. Looking forward to the next installment again. Until then, have a great day. And in the name of Jesus, I speak into your life. You're going to experience a supernatural week. This week that you're in, this week that you're getting into, will be a supernatural week for you. We're going to see supernatural connections with God like never before. God bless you. Till next time, it's a great day to be alive.